Hey everyone, welcome to Trends and Tings, where we bring you real chats on what's buzzing on this week's show. COVID's latest sub-variants, BA4 and BA5, are bringing a bit of a surge of new cases around the country, with some states breaking their record for most daily cases. Well, with health experts also saying that maybe there are a few changes to be made, like bringing back mask mandates. We wonder, after three years, are we really willing to accept some new restrictions back in our worlds? And also, we're approaching the first splendor in the grass in years, but new licensing laws means under-18s will need a guardian with them throughout the whole festival. So we're going to chat about that ruling, why it's, you know, there are a few details you might not know about if it's too harsh or if it's fair game from the authorities. As always, huge welcome to the show to you. My name is Gordon, joined by Scotty. Welcome, mate. You must be, you know, we talk a bit of splendor on the menu today. Must be, uh, must be getting excited for your little trip coming up. You're off to Europe in what, two, three weeks? Two, yeah, like two and a half weeks, which... Yeah. Uh, the excitement's real, but like the admin you have to do before the trip is just, it's, the list goes on. It's like, cool, I've ticked this one thing off and then now I've got to do two other things just to um, like make sure I'm ready. And it's mm. such a, like, I know we're going to talk about COVID on this set, but it's so weird thinking about going on a trip and then COVID still like dampening your plans because uh, like, Airports are like packed. They are mm. they are struggling. I know flights are getting cancelled. People are losing luggage. And like, is this is this a holiday I'm going on, or is this just a, a different kind of torture that I'm going to put myself through? Is it? Um, uh, what's what's the go with the um, with the visas and stuff? Because I feel like um, every holiday, pre, maybe in the last twelve months, that we mm. you know people have got close to planning has been littered with like worries about visas and you know vaccine certificates and everything else. How's how's that all been going? I think we're pretty lucky because we're going to the more like, you know, I guess more uh, popularized like parts of Europe, so like <laughs> yeah, Germany yeah. and, and, uh, They're and London. Chill. They're pretty chill. Yeah. So I think um, I don't think we don't even need to test. Uh, we don't even need to present a negative rat. Um, oh, wow. Before leaving. So just rock up. Just rock up. Just wow. if you can get on the plane, get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, loving that it's a little bit chill like that because uh, my man COVID is still a pain in the ass. Mm. Even here in Australia, we're like, you know, we kind of ride it every out, like we ride it out every so often and it comes back, there's new variants and it just makes mm. a mess of everyone's plans all over again. Definitely does. I mean, we've we've thought we, I mean, look, I guess I honestly personally never thought we would um, be over it, quote mm. to quote that sort of saying, but yeah, these, um, the, the what is it, BA4, BA5, the, the new sub-variants, <laughs> the never-ending list of sub-variants, um, have emerged and what there's sort of there's some talk about it being a bit more a bit more contagious so look let's dive into it scotty because it's a whilst we don't want to be too covid heavy it's been nice to yes. not talk about covid for a while this feels like maybe it's a little a good time to at least maybe just be cautious about what's going on you know and, and what are good practices yeah 100 percent. because it now feels like and can someone like can they get like a like a comms or marketing person in the naming <laughs> conventions like BA four BA five? I get the, you know it's like a obviously some like medical naming convention. Term, but yeah, I want yeah, a bit yeah. of bit of jazz. I want a bit of like you know someone in the, in a boardroom <laughs> being like, all right, we've got the newest variant for you. It's Omicron XL, you know, version two. Like you know, just yeah, something, yeah, yeah, something well, a bit sexy. BA, or, yeah, like, like, you sexy. know, call it the British Airways variant or something. BA, <laughs> surely that works, right? Don't hate me, British uh, Airways. Didn't didn't mean Yeah, don't come at us. Don't come at us. <laughs> um, but hey, so yeah, BA four and BA five, the mm. like the sub variant of the Omicron strain is yeah causing a little bit of worry at the moment because the rise in hospitalization cases across the country 
is probably going to surpass what we in Australia experienced back in that that mm. Jan Feb that Omicron uh, wave sort of burst when Omicron yeah. first came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a few like factors that have contributed to this. So uh, the main thing with the the virus itself that this subvariant has changed, making it um, essentially better able at bypassing your immune system, even if you're vaccinated. Uh, the spike protein in the disease has changed that the vaccine isn't as effective dealing mm. with it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we've seen across the country, there's just a lower uptake for that third and now fourth um, yeah. booster shot. Booster so shots. I think we're not even near that like 90% that we hit that golden number we had uh, when everyone needed to get the second dose. And mm. I guess maybe just a level of like maybe fatigue, maybe you can call it like complacency where people just aren't following those health rules. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. at least here in New South Wales, it's still mandatory to wear a mask on, um, oh, on transport. transport. Yep. You know, rarely see that happening these days. Uh, and even like socially distancing, even though it's not as pronounced, it's still like you should probably try and distance mm. um, yourself from mm-hmm. a few people. So all those factors are kind of seeing quite a number of um, hospitalization cases happening that relate to COVID. I just want to kind of break it down state by state. Okay. Yep. Some Go states ahead. aren't as bad as others. Um, Western Australia mm-hmm. has passed its highest number of COVID hospitalizations mm-hmm. on record. Queensland is close. Uh, TAS and ACT have doubled their highest number. And South Australia is really close to hitting their peak as well. Um, so those kind of states are in a great um, state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Vic, New South Wales, and NT, though, we're not as close. We've, to got, that we've got big number. numbers, so don't we? especially we Vic and New South Wales. We've got a big record to pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we had some hella big numbers. And the thing is, this like wave isn't even close to its peak. So uh, considering we're not, I know, halfway through winter, it might be tied to the winter period, and we might see those numbers like really boost up over mm. the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. It's putting a real strain on hospitals because – they also have some cases from uh, people being sick with influenza. Um, so much to the point that a few hospitals are just cancelling like elective surgery. They yeah, wow. reported they're overrun where people are like in hospital beds in corridors where that's usually like a transit point. You don't yeah, need okay. people there. Mm-hmm. Um, so hospitals aren't doing particularly great from like a gov perspective. Uh, we only saw just recently PM Anthony Albanese reinstated that pandemic leave pay up until the end of September. Um, that was going to end last month. So, you know, if you're a casual worker, at least there's some sort of like safety net for you. But on a state level, mm. uh, we're seeing governments choose to kind of essentially go against the health advice. Like what we saw recently with the Victoria and their chief health officer said, uh, we're not going to introduce mask mandates, even though the health advice is to actually do that. Mm. So it's a really tricky time because one. I guess – People are done with it, right? We're in three, yeah, three territory. Over it, yeah, um, you know, I guess, and the emphasis is people know the right thing to do. That's kind of the the messaging going around is we've done this year after year. We don't need to put mandates in place because you know, as someone who's lived with COVID for X amount of time, you just know mm. you should be doing better or you should be doing like your part. Um, does that kind of messaging land with you after? Like, I mean, arguably, everyone has done quote-unquote, the right thing for three-odd years. It kind of mm-hmm. feels, does it feel like a cop-out or is it just business as usual, the whole case of living with COVID? Um, look, personally, I, I, all these little, I guess, you might call it small changes like mask mandates and mm. stuff. I mean, there are obviously bigger ones which we breach into lockdown sort of territory again. Um, 
for the when it comes to the small ones, like mask mandates is is what is being thrown around quite a bit at the moment. And like honestly, I don't really see that much of an issue with that. Like I feel like that's mm. one of the easier things to do. I personally, I know a lot of people on public transport don't wear masks. I reckon if you know, I've been going into the city for work pretty much every day and on a working week and I reckon about 50% of the trains mm-hmm. maybe on a good day are wearing masks and up until recently with this sort of talk about these new waves coming in there definitely has been a few more masks going going on the faces but um I feel like it's been pretty people have been pretty chill about it like bars are full after hours and yeah I guess if there's one thing that makes me think it's like for example like I said I don't I I try and wear it pretty much all the time on public transport um I'm open to to mask mandates coming back and stuff but if you go to a busy bar or you know we were out at a a borderline club I would call it a more of a dance Mm. floor venue like last weekend there was no mask obviously going on in there and you wouldn't expect there to be um but I'm like, does it? Do you cancel yourself out if you're, you know, wearing your mask on public transport, and then going into a sweaty bar with like, you know, hundreds of people? Um, does that sort of put you at more of a risk anyway? Mm. Um, I, I don't know. So I feel like at times that's what maybe I grapple with a bit. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll wear my mask on public transport today. I just went to do the groceries and. I wore it for the first time in, in a few months in the shops, right? Yeah, gotcha. Um, and I was just like, cool. I'll just like I said to my partner, I'm, I'm just going to wear it. Like, there's literally no harm in in wearing it. Does requires barely any effort. Um, so we wore it, and I, so things like that. I'm I'm obviously all for. I think if you start getting into the bars area and you know potentially square uh, square foot rules in in bars again, that could be quite detrimental to vet to, to society and and actually mm. impacts a lot of stuff. So we've heard a lot of talk about. You know, we're not going back to that. We're not, that won't mm-hmm. come again. So I, I don't know if we'll ever get to that stage, which I think we have to figure out a way where that we, yeah, we, do we need to, can we do, is there anything we can do to avoid that? And I wonder if my, things like a mask mandate are just easy ways to at least see if that will mm. prevent these big numbers from, from happening. But what about you? Do you, are you, where do you sit on it? Yeah, look, I mean, um, I've probably equally been going into the city most weeks for work and just wear the mask. Uh, also, just because I still come into contact, I've, you know, I've got families in aged cans. Like, you know, just mm. I don't want to ever pass of course, of course. something on sort of thing. Uh, and, yeah, only up until recently I've started wearing a mask when I go to the shops because they're just super crowded again. Before, I mean, we live in a, like a pretty quiet part of Sydney and mm. usually shops weren't that, you know, um, that packed. But now it's just like you're coming in contact with so many people you just don't know. Uh, and I'm also going away. So just, you know, mm. I hate to All in one. come sick. Yeah. Uh, but I just kind of think, you know, unless, again, unless you're that small subset of people who have that medical exemption because wearing a mask just, just mess you up sort of thing, I think it, it kind of sounds like it's the bare minimum we can do. Like it's the maybe the, the testing waters before we get into that, um, you know, everyone has to work from home again or, you know, they shut down restaurants and bars and that kind of thing like if we if we're in a mask means i can still go out for dinner i can go yeah, see yeah, friends yeah. and it kind of seems like a no-brainer um simple trade-off right like i mean in the grand scheme of things yeah but i think i wonder if the whole reason why um like i guess governments or the whole uh, reason you wouldn't introduce the mask mandate is i read a few articles about um you know on the city morning herald what should be done to address the like rising COVID. Mm. And uh, there was a piece where, and it was opinion piece, so I don't know if it was really backed by much evidence. So <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> someone had a platform that decided to share their opinion, was if you introduce mask mandates and work from home orders, what we're going to see is that subset of people who were like 
you know, I guess anti-vaxxers uh, protest again and, and bring violence to the street and, mm. you know, all this whole like civil unrest sort of thing. <laughs> so I wonder if it's like we've done with like, we've dealt with the whack jobs for so long now, uh, Yeah, you know, like where's the balance? And that's, that's the thing I'm trying to think is like, sure, there's a health balance, but there's also like that social and economic stuff. Do you not have the mask mandates so you don't bring out the crazy? So then just like boycott businesses and like businesses obviously have to deal with their, their COVID uh, restrictions or like what they have to do. The last thing you want to reintroduce for them is someone coming in, not wearing a mask and like harassing staff and harassing business mm. owners. So I think I understand from like maybe like a health perspective, masks make a lot of sense, but maybe like for that social element or just like the, no one has like the capacity or mental uh, relief to deal with these people who just want to fight everything. Yeah. It's like, let's just, let's just leave it. It's it's a hard one, yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand why. Personally, I, I don't understand why people hate the mask so much. Don't get mm. me wrong. It's not Obviously, it's not natural for us. No one likes no. to wear it. Um, but to the point where it's like um, such a, in my opinion, simple thing to do. I understand people have like respiratory issues and, and they don't physically can't mm. breathe or something. Like, okay, maybe that's a different situation. But people just love to complain, like you say. So um, I personally, I think if these cases are going up, um, now and and stuff, it's like I agree in one way, and I've, I've always been of the belief that we have to find ways, right? To after living this terrible mm. three years, um, we have to figure out ways to to keep things open and and keep livelihoods of business. Otherwise, like Albanese, he's done. He's he's brought back these pandemic leave payments, right? But then you probably the government doesn't really want to be dipping into JobKeeper again and spending <laughs> no. billions of dollars there and us going into deeper debt. So. In the grand scheme of things, like that's why I think of something as simple as a mask mandate might be good to start with, see if mm. that quells these numbers a bit because, you know, people are going into the offices like you said, people are going out and, and mingling and, you know, smelling the grass is happening in a couple of days. Like, you know, there are all these things going on which resembles like I guess society opening up again. So mm. we want that to be the case. We need that to be the case. So what are the easy solutions first to potentially introduce um, that can lead to things you know, after that, because yeah, like I said, I don't really think it's too much of a stretch to fucking put a, a mask on for your, your public commute or um, yeah. whatever it might be. And, and look, honestly, even if it's like, um, you know, other, other things like the grocery stores or in, um, you know, non-outdoor venues, like things like that, it, you know, you'd think, okay, it, it could be done. It's pretty simple thing to do. And it might make a decent difference is what the health officials are saying. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's one of those things. I guess the government doesn't want to go back on their word um, about reintroducing these things, but it's going to get to a point. It eventually, we get to a point. If the hospitals are already fucked, like you mentioned, the whole mm-hmm. point of lockdowns originally was to to ease the pressure on the hospitals, right? Yeah. I Look, no one wants to get back to lockdown territory. I think, you know, I think last year, damn, it was only last year we were stuck yeah, in lockdown for right what, now, yeah. maybe two months or <laughs> yeah, this time last year Literally, we were just stuck yeah. at home. Mm. Um, it seems like masks are just like an easy thing to do. Also, arguably, it might be like an hour or two of your day if you're, like, if you're traveling or going to the shops. It's not like it's a 24-7 sort of thing. Um, I guess maybe as a wrap-up for this topic, mm. do you think – you like knowing that the cases are kind of getting a little bit high again, you might change some of the things like maybe not going to the office as much, maybe not go. I didn't even completely clock that. Uh, when we went out, we went like, yeah, like we went to like a club last week that someone in that room could have had COVID. I could have come home and then bam, 
being mm. sick again for a week. So oh, it, it's easily, yeah. it's very easy. And I think, yeah, those type of things, like I'm definitely considering it, put it that way. And, and mm. I think in a way, personally, I can live like, you know, maybe it's that 30 thing again, but I can live without the clubs <laughs> these days. So um, yeah. if it means like, you know, today I was going to go watch a movie with one of my buddies and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm we're both away ne- next week. So I was thinking about that in, in one part mm. of my head going, like honestly, after, I don't know, it was directly from that event, but I've definitely been feeling a little bit under the weather this week, done all the COVID tests and come back negative. So it's not that, but you know, you go into a cinema and you're like, all right, things mm. are spreading a bit more. It's a pretty conducive environment to germs spreading. Um, that, like that's a place where you you probably want to have, you're going to be snacking on stuff. So you might not wear your mask the whole time. So uh, yeah, look, it's definitely playing into into my thought process a little bit. Like I know people aren't always like, for example, my work, they're pretty like focused on getting people into the office. So I don't know if working from home or just being able to do that is an option for me personally. I know a lot Mm -hmm. lot of other people might be the same, especially if you work on site or uh, you have like a, a trade job or whatever it is. So yeah, look, I think definitely avoiding the things where you can will become, become big because Obviously, we, we play the tightrope with what closes first, right? You almost go from your clubs mm. and your, in, and those type of venues where it might spread a bit more. You trickle your way down through bars and pubs and restaurants and, and schools and stuff all the way down to, well, not even school. Schools never close, right? They're, they're always bloody open. Even right, with, seven. <laughs> with yeah. So, yeah, look, let's see what happens, man. Like, hopefully, fingers crossed, these aren't, um, whilst they are, you know, they say what more, like, and they spread faster than, than the previous Correct. ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, Fingers crossed. I'm not sure if it's more, if it's least if that means it's also less intense. Or when you know when Omicron came around, it was less like um, fatal, but more transmissible. So correct. Yeah, yeah. Not so, sure if it's same, the same deal. Thing. It's not like it's not any more deadly than yeah. like that. What like say Delta was. It's yeah. still Omicron, but it's just like it's a little bit more spreadable than the yeah. past uh, I think it's just get, get, get your boosters man like if if, yeah. it, if people have been chilling a bit hope maybe this will be a bit of a wake up call to, to say that this is uh, not quite over just yet anyway Scotty, so Splendor is back and for another year and for another year, it means pretty much three years since the last one. 2019 mm. was the last time Splendor in the Grass. Australia's biggest festival, obviously, from a music point of view, uh, happened and took place. So quite a while between drinks, Scotty. And look, we've both been there. We've been there together with a few mates a couple yes. of times. Um, you, of course, have a little uh, you know, special in affinity to the festival <laughs> I do, met your, I do. you know your now wife there so a lot of personal connection to it to an mm. event you know when i was working running uh my publisher five wire like we used to cover this every year and whether we were there or not um it was always a good time i know that you know the videos on on by triple mm. j would come through live streams on the radio it was definitely a, a very vibrant time for the the music industry in australia scotty what are your uh some of your memories from it because obviously something uh you you hold pretty dear yeah, look, I mean, I think I've been, oh, geez. How many times now? I Maybe six, five, six times? Si- yeah, like five, six times, like a good number of times. Um, there, there are just some standout moments where you can't like recreate. Saw Outcast play Oof, together, that, I think, for a reunion. Yeah. Um, saw just some of like the biggest bands that probably wouldn't make it out to this country mm. for any other reason other than to play like some like Splendor. You know, yeah, met my partner. I told her at the festival, like maybe the third or fourth year we went, that I would mm. propose to her. So, like, it's just like the <laughs> sentimental. Yeah, of course. Uh, Huge. After a few bevs sort of thing. <laughs> uh, so it's 
Uh, look, got a little bit of FOMO already, knowing that yep. I won't be going this year. But uh, look, I think it's just uh, it's going to be a good time for everyone who managed to nab a ticket and uh, plan to like at least take a good week off for the, oh, for the yeah. experience. The uh, the the week after is certainly also a journey, a recovery, uh, recovery. <laughs> um, look, the thing we want to talk about, Scotty, is obviously these uh, new laws, which I'm sure many people would have heard or at least mm. seen a little bit about, uh, which all all comes down to licensing and alcohol, and and the, essentially the fact that to put it in simple terms, under eighteen ticket holders basically have to have a, an off age guardian during the whole mm. time at Splendor. Like there have been these new rules that have come in and, and we'll get to them in a second where um, basically festivals across Australia, not just Splendor, but festivals as a whole um, have been told that they need to be yeah, accompanied by an adult. Um, mm-hmm. And what's interesting around this is there's been a few things that have popped up um, around when this happened because Splendor only announced this essentially themselves last week and the festival's in a few days, Scotty. It's uh, it's this coming mm. weekend. So uh, with, with all that sort of quick turnaround of stuff, you, you can imagine under 18 ticket holders and, and their mates and stuff are scrambling to, to you know, find uh, a guardian or someone to find <laughs> another ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, from my memory, it, the ticket resale, they pretty much announced this pretty much when that had closed so it became really hard for them people to try and find tickets or buy tickets and i I can imagine only this week in the next couple of days people are still going to be scrambling on like facebook Mm. comments trying to find people who are selling it unofficially there might be a whole (laughs) level of scamming that goes on now as well like creates a whole world of problems for both the festival and i think more importantly the ticket holders um what's interesting about it is this whole argument initially about when Splendor knew about it because mm. um, there's been some talk that they knew about it about a month ago um, that they didn't or they failed to directly inform all the ticket holders off this this rule um, including all the terms and conditions and stuff um, and they said in their statement that the organizers themselves only were informed about it last Thursday so there's a bit of cat and mouse here about like what who knew what when and mm. it all comes came about scotty in in november in back in 2019 so only a few months yeah. after um splendor in the grass the last one finished um where there was this rule around essentially under 18 super supervision uh, at music music festivals deemed quote unquote at risk of safety breaches for young people was basically asserted in new south Wales parliament so it's a, it's a legit mm. change that has happened a while back um and just to go into some detail, this is a great article on The Guardian, which we'll chuck in the show notes. Um, but basically, when asked why the festival was sort of appeared a little bit unaware of these changes, um, which were made, like I said, about two years ago, um, they, there was some conversation around it, not Splendor not being a quote-unquote subject festival or one at risk, safety mm-hmm. risk. So they thought that this would create this little bit of a, a middle ground for them to still have their their license operating because, Scotty, the whole since Splendor's inception, it's always been an all-age all ages festival, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so, and you know, we've been there a few. We, like we said, we've been there a few times. I honestly, if, if you had told me it was like an under, like there was under eighteens there, I, there's so many people. It's hard to even, I guess, really <laughs> understand. Yeah. But I would have never gone. Wow, there's so many kids running around here. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know if you found it the same or um, anything like that. But it wasn't for me. It's also the festival is like pretty out of the way so i'd mm. love to see a group of like 16 17 year olds come from i don't know like south australia without <laughs> an adult like it's most of the time i saw someone who look, looked like pretty young there was a parent already or like it it didn't seem like there were like heaps of people there that were super like underage no no i i don't know if like 
<laughs> I just don't know how many people they're trying to catch with this, like, well, now you've got to be supervised. And then actually a majority of the people who are coming who are underage probably already had someone uh, who was an adult yeah. take them to the festival anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's a weird thing, yeah. It's a weird one. And, and in a submission by uh, Police New South Wales, who was sort of obviously involved with this, um, it was recommended to what is called the ILGA, which is the Independent Liquor and Gaming Authority, um, mm-hmm. that Splendor's license essentially be conditional on all persons under 18 accompanied by a responsible adult. So it's similar to a lot of other licensed premises. Imagine a bottle shop, you're under 18. The assumption is you have to be there with a guardian of some sort, right? So that's essentially the law that's being applied here. Um, However, Splendor came out saying, you know, we we didn't recommend accept these recommendations because it's their right. Essentially, Mm. based on precedent that no history of report like breaches have been reported um, on their liquor license. Like there's never been any issues with the liquor license. They haven't had any serious, you know, questions against it, which is incredible considering, you know, 30, 35,000 people go through those gates every, well, pretty much every year until the pandemic. Mm. So pretty, pretty fair game in a way, you think. Um, But basically festival told um i guess there was this idea that they thought they could live in this middle ground they were told they well there's some something got lost in in translation and now mm-hmm. they're here you know a week before the festival or so telling people so i think it's fair to say there might be a bit of a you know there's obviously some confusion about this this mm-hmm. ruling and and all that which i guess i'm keen to first get your thoughts on before we we dive into whether you think it's a fair rule change or not so Initially, what do you know? Do you know much about, because you're obviously involved in this type of uh, industry before. What do you make of these uh, changes and stuff? So actually, I remember doing a little bit of work on this uh, back in 2019 um, when there was a lot of rallies around don't kill live music when Mm. there's like the Australian Federation of live music it's like this is when all the festivals shared that stuff on Facebook and stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because so these laws were these laws kind of came together, I think partially in a response to there was a slight rise in people like ODing at festivals from mm. like taking substances and the, the government was trying to figure out how to address it. Yep. And like these laws obviously are trying to help, but the thing that they really missed and a lot of festival organizers just really disliked was it didn't have any consultation from festival organizers. You know, they had like health experts, they had police and um, maybe like government but they didn't bring the festivals in to say we're trying to make these regulations that make festivals safe for young people, uh, but also mean like you can run a festival. Mm. This particular situation also reminds me a lot of that um, 2019 period because those new laws uh, came in like a week or two before that festival period. So that, you know, before summer, summer sort of thing. Yep, yep, yep. And a lot of festivals, there were about 12 maybe festivals that were like ones, deemed yep. mm-hmm. high risk. Yep. And so they either had to like radically change like, yes. you know, their safety plan mm-hmm. or like cop a higher like police presence fee. So, you know, like I know both sides are coming in to say like, you know, I we told you this and one side saying like, well, we didn't hear it. Mm. And just because I did a little bit of work on this in the past, I kind of, feel like I'm signing with Splendor because uh, A, you don't get, you don't find out what the assessment is. So they don't know uh, from memory, unless it's changed in those two years, like if how you're deemed like a high risk festival or not, it's kind of like, here's our safety plan. And then the that um, uh, authority will say, yeah, you're high risk or you're not. Okay, right. So gotcha. it's, a little, it's a little bit murky, uh, but it seems like a, such a shit move to do like two weeks before the festival. So I, I don't know if there is a little bit of leeway and like did know earlier, 
Um, but it does kind of put a lot of people out who arguably this might be their first festival experience. Like if you, if you're 16, 17, you had three years where you couldn't go to a festival. It's such a bummer if you bought a ticket and now you have to try and sell it or like, do you fork out like 300 bucks so your mum or dad comes? Like, oh, dude. <laughs> how does it, you know, like, so oh, man, oh, my parents are super cringe and now I've got to pay 300 bucks just so I could go to this festival with them. It's just, it doesn't work in practice at all. It's, uh, yeah, look, it's a worry, hey, because, I mean, the, the whole thing of even trying to figure out how you get someone there, getting mm-hmm. going into a little bit more of the ruling itself, and if it's fair, I think is oh, it'd be a terrible thing to try and muster up, like, and, and to figure out who you're going to bring. And because some of the, ca- like, cash penalties, still in thousands of dollars of, of fines yeah. and stuff if you're either caught without someone or, you know, if the festival itself, if like, per person that is found, there's, like, mm-hmm. breaches upon breaches. and. I don't know about you, Scotty, but I feel like a lot of people might be trying to wing this one. Like, you know, it's a week out. I'm just going to yeah. rock up. I'm just going to play yeah. dumb and I'm just going to fucking, I'm just going to do my thing. And if I get caught, I'm trying to almost outrun the cops type of thing, <laughs> which I feel like is a, I'm, there's a part of me that's, I don't hate mm. being this way, but I feel like a little bit worried for them. I hope it's not going to become this thing where people rock up and they just try to, to go for it and then the festival mm. gets some punishment and God knows they don't need more fines and, uh, you know, uh, costs no. and stuff to think about after three years of not running it. Um, so I'm just – I hope it doesn't get to that point. But I do think it's like surely after, you know, how many how many decades now Splendor's been running, mm. having all ages the whole time, not having a liquor license, license issue – that all of a sudden, yeah, like you said, these this little review that happened in 2019 has determined that they need, you know, adults mm. next to them. H- how much do you reckon this will actually quell changes? Because I think also on one hand, a lot of people, mate, we've been there a few times and a lot of people over 18, fucking they're, they're bloody worse than kids sometimes, you know? Like they're not – I feel like they're the ones. <laughs> Maybe we need over 18 guardians for over 18s <laughs> um, because it's – I don't know if it's uh, – if it, will it make that much difference that, um, you know, all these people need to go to extra efforts to, to change or to find someone to be a guardian? Yeah, look, I, I don't know how it's going to help young people who – like arguably they're going for the experience. Like when you're a little bit older, you've gone a few more times. You're like, oh, I'm just going there. Maybe it's like get cooked because maybe the novelty of your first festival has kind of worn off. I legitimately think, like I even think back at my first festival, which I went when I was under 18. I went to Soundwave, which is like a, uh, a rock sort of festival. And all I cared about was just going to see my favorite bands. I didn't care about like anything else. Anything else, yeah, yeah. Because that was the first time I could go and see these acts in person. And I think that that's the experience anyone under 18, I can't talk for everyone, of course, but I feel like that's the main experience is, you know, uh, cool, I'm going to go see Tyler, the creator, or uh, or Gorillaz, or whoever else is kind of playing that festival. Like that's why you've bought the ticket to go, not so you write yourself off or make a mess. Mm. Um, so I just feel like, and you usually go as a group of friends. So there's that whole like safety element of being with other people. I don't know. And like, I don't know. I The only thing I would consider or the only thing I think is a bit of a cop out is that adult might come with you and then you run off anyway and go see your shows. Like you go see the yeah, artists you want to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Like how how close does that adult have to be? Is mm. it like a is it like a leash sort of thing? Like, <laughs> yeah. a, like I just don't know how it works in practice. Um but I just, it's so, it sounds like to me an easy like cash grab sort of thing. Like, cool, we're going to find a bunch of people and mm. there's money going back to the to the police, I think, Look, who uh, 
get yeah. to claim it and stuff. Yeah, that's that's the 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 whole attack on or what feels like an attack anyway on on these live mm. music festivals and stuff um, is is quite interesting, right? Because you look at it and you're like, all right, that you know, from a, I guess I'm trying to look at it from the government's point of view and go, cool, why? Mm do I rationally think despite being so tied to this festival industry and we obviously both love the festival, mm-hmm. what is sort of my somewhat un- unbiased opinion as much as I can be anyway and on where they're coming from? Like like you said, trying to address these issues with um, safety at festivals and stuff. But like I don't know and I don't know if you have any info on that 2019 mm-hmm. sort of study or that in, you know, investigation they did, but it feels like it's a, a bit of a – continued attack or continued pressure to sort of almost make these festivals like without it's pure speculation on my part almost go mm. you know what fuck it these are too bloody hard to run um, we're done we're fucking like let's just oh, put it yeah. into other shit because you know and i understand it's not the same environment where like say a food or wine festival or something else that's big or, or whatever like mm. obviously you don't go to a lot of people are getting pretty hammered and, and drinking a lot of alcohol and consuming drugs and stuff like that at a festival so i understand the risk is higher but it does feel like after all these years and even pre-pandemic you know we talk about pill mm. testing and stuff it feels like and maybe we can wrap up this point do you feel like it, there is a bit of an attack going on against the, the live music and festival scene because it certainly feels like that way to me anyway oh definitely the um so I think from memory, the thing that like started all this was, so I said uh, earlier was there was a few cases of people ODing at festivals and yep. there was like a coroner's report. So our state coroner uh, released a report and some of the recommendations I think included like reviewing how um, festivals were like deemed safe or not sort of thing. But the mm. thing that seems super weird is that um, we're not adopting other proven techniques like pill testing or um, you know, the government had this amnesty bins where people could throw away the drugs. Mm, yep, and yep. the first year that came to place, they had police kind of stationing the bins. <laughs> so dogs. it's like, cool, you're going you're gonna to drop your drugs and then boom, they're going to catch you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it just seems like it's one avenue that they're going down to kind of deem festivals safe um, or potentially run them out of business so we don't have festivals. Mm. And it's super sad because like I love live music and potentially my like life, you know, my timeline with festivals might be like going down. Like I might go to one every yeah, year. So yeah. I think as opposed mm-hmm. to three or four, whatever. Yeah. But other people, this is like the start of the this journey. So if you, yeah. If you remove festivals from them, like what do you have left to kind of look forward to? Mm. If, cause these, like you said at the start of the app, these same um, regulations apply to venues. So cool. You can't go to a venue unless you're accompanied by an adult. Now it's the same for festivals it's just going to be maybe a lot a bunch of illegal raves because that's all you have <laughs> yeah. left to do it, it's pushing the parties underground again man which might uh, maybe yeah. i don't know maybe that's what this industry needs you know a little bit of a, a underground boost just to sort mm, of you know yeah. revolt against the authorities but look fingers crossed if you are going obviously we i guess we have to we do have to recommend following these guidelines because Mm -hmm. you don't want to end up with a fine and anything. So look, hopefully it's a safe and still very enjoyable experience. A lot of good acts still playing this year, Scotty at Splendor. So fingers crossed. If you're going, hope you have Mm. a sick time. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be watching on enviously through our social media feeds. But Scotty, we might wrap it up there for this week. Um, As always, if you are listening and want to follow along with us on socials at Trends and Tings on Instagram, Trends and Tings, uh, sorry, patreon.com forward slash Trends and Tings if you want to support the show, a little fiver a month helps it going, keep it going for free. Scotty, we are away next week. I'm down in mm. Dubbo or, or across in Dubbo. You're up in the, the Blue Mountains doing some camping. Um, so 
no episode for us this next week, but we will have one or two more episodes, Scotty, before you fly off to mm-hmm. uh, to Europe and this potty will still be going strong whilst you're over there. So keep an eye out. We'll still have a few new episodes coming over the next few weeks. But until then, have a great fortnight ahead. We'll catch you on the next one. See you, everyone. Yeah.